It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. So I think Brian Burns is a must-sign player for the Carolina Panthers this offseason. But some of y'all, y'all ain't with it. It's okay. It's okay. We can talk about it right here on this weekly Friday mailbag edition of Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and yes, Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where on Fridays throughout the offseason, like today, I'm going to be right here on the show answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions either at me or DM me to get those questions in for next week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag right here on Locked on Panthers. I'm pretty fired up about this mailbag, to be honest with you all. A lot of good questions. There are some weeks where the questions are bad, to be quite honest with you, but I'm going to answer the questions anyway because you guys are supporting the show by listening and then putting in questions. But there's been weeks in the past where the questions have been bad. I had to stop doing the mailbag for a period of time because questions were so bad. But this week, this might be an all-time week as far as some of the questions that were asked really made me think, which is what I asked y'all to do. But give me a question, make me think, let me go on the internet, start researching what I want to say, formulating my thought process, potentially my argument. Great questions this week. And we're going to start off with a man who goes by the name as Mr. Nopington on Twitter, or just Nope. I asked what his name was. Guys, tell me what your name is if you're going to uh, ask me a question, please, via my DMs, um, or even just adding me on Twitter so I know who you are. I don't really like to do handles, but I do like this handle, Mr. Nopington. So some folks out there don't want to give Brian Burns a big-time contract. I am not one of those people. I want to see Brian Burns get paid. I want to see Brian Burns stay here in Carolina. Some of y'all are all about trying to trade a good player for draft picks who then turn out to be underperforming draft picks because the Carolina Panthers suck at drafting players. I'm not one of those people. I'm typically players over picks. Now, when it comes to the conversation about giving up draft picks, get T. Higgins, and think about how the Panthers had the 33rd overall pick and how four years ago the Bengals had the 33rd overall pick and that became T. Higgins, I have to think about things like that. But when it comes to having a 25-year-old edge rusher with 46 career sacks, two Pro Bowls, one of your team leaders on a team that's largely devoid of talent, I'm keen to want that guy to stay on the roster opposed to trading him for, again, an underperforming pick because the Panthers suck at drafting players. But one day, maybe the Carolina Panthers will get better at that. We're still waiting on that day to come after these 29 years, but maybe one day that will happen, which transitions me into Mr. Nopington, who says 
And he says he appreciates the show, which I appreciate you listening. He said, wanted to write in because I strongly disagree on your opinion that Brian Burns is a must sign. While I agree we must tag him, if we can get a decent trade for him, we should consider it. We being the Carolina Panthers, of course. This team has one need. And that's to develop the offense. Bryce needs weapons and protection. The defense is secondary. And even if slash when they perform worse without Burns, it isn't going to be the difference between good and bad seasons. The offense should be built, even if it's to the detriment of the defense. Offense wins titles. Hmm. And if you review the teams who make the playoffs, the thing that stands out is that they are almost always a top 10, 15 offense when it comes to defense. Plenty of great ones miss the playoffs entirely. Build the offense, make it competent, then build the defense. Average defenses become great when a good offense is putting them in better situations. Honestly, a lot that he has to say with, I don't disagree about. Like, in principle, focusing on the offense, even if it's to the detriment of the defense, may be the right way to go for the Carolina Panthers. I don't necessarily disagree with his premise, but there are some things that, of course, I agree with and some things that I disagree with. My main point about the whole Brian Burns wanting to stay here in Carolina is the Panthers went 2-15 and last year. The Panthers won five games a year prior to that and five games a year before that and then six games a year before that. They have not sniffed, well, I guess they sort of sniffed the playoffs just because NFC South, the Panthers have not been a good football team for a while now, since 2017. They had the collapse in 18. 19 really never got off the ground after Cam hurt his foot in New England. 2020 was just be happy there was football instead of bitching about Teddy Bridgewater. 21, Sam Darnold told you it sucked. 22, we saw how that one worked out. And then last year was the worst of them all. They have been a bad football team large part because they don't have good players. And the good players that they have had now play in Chicago with the Bears, and that's DJ Moore. They play in San Francisco with the 49ers. That's Christian McCaffrey. The Panthers need more good players, not less good players. And that's been part of my argument about keeping Brian Burns, even if it means paying him $20, $25 million per year, which is what his market likely would be if he actually is out there on the open market as an unrestricted free agent, considering he's 25, two-time pro bowler, plays a premium position in the NFL. That's just doing business, folks. And the Carolina Panthers have not wanted to do business with a player. They refuse to trade, which is weird. You don't want to pay him, but also you don't want to trade him. So what exactly is it that you want to do? Now, I understand Dan Morgan's now here as the president of football operations and general manager, and Brant Tillis has come, so things have changed as far as who Burns is negotiating with. He's still negotiating with the uh, big old melon head up front there in David Tepper. Sorry, David, that was mean. Uh, but getting back to a couple of your points, saying the team has one need, that not true at all. Like Offensively, yes, they have... The, the, one of the biggest needs is to fix the offense, the offensive line, uh, the running game, wide receivers, tight ends, things that we've gone over the last couple of weeks when evaluating positions, getting Bryce Young to play well, and all that goes along with the offensive line. Like That is important. I, I agree with you. Bryce needs weapons and protection. The defense now is it need to be secondary. The defense also has some issues. The defensive line outside of Derrick Brown. Not very good. Linebackers, we'll see if Frankie Louvu comes back and what the future for Shaq is in Carolina. At corner, you have two starting corners who are rarely healthy. One of them was healthy last year and was just okay. The other one missed a bunch of time. Again, you don't have much depth. They have more needs than just fix the offense. So I disagree there when it comes to the Carolina Panthers. Now, I do in a way agree with you saying Burns isn't going to be the difference between good and bad seasons, much like Chris McCaffrey wasn't the difference between good and bad seasons, considering his twenty his one hundred his thousand thousand season game when they went six and ten. Um, also, 
when he wasn't available in 2020 and 2021, the Panthers still weren't winning football games. What was the main issue for the Carolina Panthers? Well, the quarterback position sucked. They haven't been great at the line of scrimmage, whether it's defensive line or it's offensive line. It wasn't McCaffrey and DJ Moore. What did he win here in Carolina? What did he win in Chicago this past season? Those guys have not been the difference between wins and losses. The quarterback position, the line of scrimmage, really that has been the detriment for the Carolina Panthers. So that really should be the focus Not necessarily as far as we have this conversation, this debate about whether Brian Burns is worthy of signing and if he's going to be the difference between winning or losing. The difference between winning and losing in football was the line of scrimmage. And then after the line of scrimmage, in large part, it's the quarterback and then guys who can affect the quarterback, guys like Brian Burns. I am not a huge fan of just... Let's tear down the defense. Let's get rid of Brian Burns. Hey, if there's a good trade for Derrick Brown, let's let him go just so the Carolina Panthers can go out there and get a better offensive line, get better receivers for Bryce Young. And that could very well help the the offense be better, and it would allow the Carolina Panthers to evaluate Bryce. We still don't know whether he is the long-term, the right answer for the Carolina Panthers. I understand why there's an appetite to do that. And I'm not saying I don't necessarily have an appetite to try and find a way to fix it. I don't know if I want to go out there and just completely take away one of, if not your best player, just to do it. I don't see how that helps the Carolina Panthers long-term. But I think we're really looking at the short-term right now. And the short-term is they're going to suck this year anyways. Um, But I understand off-season's here. Let's find some hope. The best hope for some people is getting rid of a good player in hopes that somebody, somebody else comes here and they perform. Well, last year, they had the hope that Miles Sanders would perform. He didn't. They thought Hayden Hurst would perform. He didn't. Who's a known commodity? Brian Burns. That's just my thought. Now, this one is interesting, too, that you brought up here, Mr. Nopington. Um, you You say offense wins titles. I thought it was defense wins championships, but I guess nowadays in football where we're overly um all we think about is the quarterback that the only thing that matters is offense and the quarterback. And yes, nowadays, if you do not have a high powered offense, you really don't have much a shot in hell at having success. I do agree with you when it comes to that. And if you review the teams, make the playoffs, which you asked it and said, the thing that stands out is that they're almost always top 10, top 15 offenses. So what did I do? I reviewed all the teams that made the playoffs this past season. Let's look at the two teams that made the Super Bowl. The Kansas City Chiefs, were 11th in offense. The 49ers were first in offense. So a team that was not in the top 10, um, this is according to EPA, expected points added, a team that was not in the top 10 ended up winning the Super Bowl as far as offense goes. Look at the rest of the offenses that were in the playoffs. So the Chiefs were 11th, according to EPA. 49ers were first. Ravens were fifth. Lions were sixth. Bills were second. Packers were seventh. Texans were 14th. Bucks were 16th. Cowboys third. Dolphins fourth. Rams ninth. Steelers 24th. Eagles eighth. Browns 28th. So looking at it, the top 10 teams, According to EPA on offense, the 49ers, the Bills, the Cowboys, the Dolphins, the Ravens, the Lions, Packers, Eagles, Rams, those top nine teams all made the playoffs. The one team that did not make the playoffs were the Seattle Seahawks, who just barely missed out. The number 11 offense, the Chiefs, won the Super Bowl. The 12 offense, the Bengals did not make the playoffs. The 13th offense, the Texans advanced to the divisional round. And the 14th offense, the Saints did not make it. So 11 out of the top 14 offenses made the playoffs this past season. So, yes, it is fairly inarguable that if you have 
a top 14, top 15 offense that you're probably going to make the playoffs. Now, if you have a top 10 offense, you're all but guaranteed, unless you're the Seattle Seahawks, to make the playoffs. And looking defensively, the Chiefs were the sixth defense in the NFL, according to EPA. The 49ers were seventh. The Ravens were second. The Lions were 17th. The Bills were eighth. Packers 24th. Texans 13th. Bucks 18th. Cowboys 4th. Dolphins 15th. Rams 22nd. Steelers 12th. Eagles 30th. Wolf. Browns 1st, which is how you make the playoffs with the 28th best offense according to EPA is by having the best defense in the league. So looking at the top 10 defenses in the NFL this year, according to EPA, the Browns are 1st. Ravens 2nd. Jets 3rd. Cowboys 4th. Saints 5th. Chiefs 6th. 49ers 7th, Bills 8th, Patriots 9th, Raiders 10th. So six of the top 10 defenses made the playoffs. So yes, you have a point there that if you have a top 10, 15 offense, you're going to make the playoffs. If you have a top 10 defense, you have a 60% chance based off of this past season to make the playoffs. Now the playoff field actually is 14 teams. So having a top 10 defense, only six of those 10 teams actually made the playoffs this past year. And they had to also have pretty damn good offense. Now, the Browns didn't. They were 28th offensively. The Ravens, they had a top 10 offense. The Cowboys had a top 10 offense, and they got their doors blown off of them against the Packers, who had one of the worst defenses in the playoffs this past year. The Chiefs, their offense was 11th. Their defense was 6th. 49ers, number one offense, 7th defense. Bills, second offense. Their defense was 8th. I, I totally agree with you as far as you need to have a high-powered offense. You need to have an efficient offense if you're going to be able to win and make the playoffs nowadays. Now, to win a championship, the team that had the 11th offense. Now, they have Pat Mahomes. Can't forget the context there. The team who had the 11th best offense, so the team that we talk about, oh, are the receivers good enough? Wow, this is not, not going to be the year for the Kansas City Chiefs. That team won the playoff, won the Super Bowl over the team that had the first the best offense in the league this past year, according to EPA. The Chiefs were a defensive team this past year. Yes, they had Pat Mahomes, but this was a team that really was led by its defense throughout the entirety of the season. And in that Super Bowl, Steve Wilkes' defense looked great for the 49ers. Steve Spagnuolo's defense was awesome as well with the Kansas City Chiefs, and they made the stop in overtime that they needed to get that guy, Pat Mahomes, the ball to go out there and win the game. I think the Panthers need to keep Brian Burns because he's a phenomenal player, and the Panthers don't have very many even okay players on their team. That's a part of it. I think he's somebody who is worth paying. He has shown that in, in his past. I understand he didn't have the best season this past year. He talked about the injuries and watching that play out and his contract negotiation and how that factored into it. He's a human being. It happens. That is somebody that you should want to build around, especially with Gabe Canales and seeing how quickly – in the NFL, these things can be turned around. Who's to say after this year that they maybe establish things, win six games, next offseason with a bunch of cap space, figure it out, more draft picks, figure it out, and they're right there in the NFC South contending, and they still have Brian Burns on the pay- payroll. To me, yes, obviously, he's a guy that they have to at least tag. But to me, he's a must-sign player, and also to me, just getting rid of tearing down the defense to make the offense better is not going to lead the Carolina Panthers to exactly where they want to be. That's just my opinion. I appreciate yours, and I love that you made me think when looking at this question about the Carolina Panthers, Brian Burns, and what exactly they should do this offseason. So shout out to you, Mr. Nopington, and all the Nopingtons out there in the world. Let's take a quick pause, then we'll come back and continue to talk about Brian Burns. 
Y'all talking about trading man, talk about a non-exclusive franchise tag. Y'all know he's not a quarterback, right? We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventure could be around the next corner? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. The 2024 Nissan Rogue is perfect for city drives and great escapes. Class exclusive Google built-in is your always updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Gone are the days of connecting your phone. Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system the 2024 nissan rogue is the perfect mid-size crossover for your next adventure nissan's incredible lineup also includes the 2024 nissan pathfinder has room up to eight and expansive cargo capacity and advanced available 4x4 capability with 284 horsepower and up to 6,000 pounds towing when adventure calls the pathfinder is there to answer take the nissan rogue nissan pathfinder or nissan armada and go find your next big adventure shop NissanUSA.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I find it interesting when just evaluating the Carolina Panther fandom psyche, and it feels like no fan base, and that's probably not even true, obviously, but it feels like there's not a fan base out there that over-evaluates its team's players more than the Panthers do like oh this guy's gonna be awesome like a Marquis Hainsey this is gonna be his breakout year I don't feel like there's any other fan base that quite does like the Carolina Panthers thinking that this guy's gonna be awesome when that guy clearly is not awesome and in the players that are awesome they're like well didn't get 10 sacks this year so time to trade him for picks and those picks and be some underachieving middle linebacker from Mississippi State who couldn't tackle Alabama so let's bring him here to also suck I, I don't know that's just that's just me, man. I I like good players. Panthers don't have a lot of good players. Let's keep good players. And I think we're probably past the point of even getting the kind of return that you want. Unless Brandon has an idea here. He says, do you think there's a chance the Panthers put the tag on Burns that Lamar Jackson got? That tag that you speak of, Brandon, is called the non-exclusive tag. It allows a player to negotiate with other teams. If a player is on a non-exclusive tag, agrees to a deal with a new team, the original team can either match it or refuse and be awarded two first-round picks of compensation. Now, the Carolina Panthers, back at the trade deadline in 2022, had a chance to accept the Rams' offer for a first-round pick in 24 and in 25, and a either a second or third-round pick depends on what report you believe or which one you want to go off of. That would have been a haul for Brian Burns had he agreed to do that. The Panthers decided, no, we're good. This isn't a complete fire sale. He's an excellent edge rusher, young coming off a Pro Bowl, about to be a Pro Bowler again. We want him here, but we don't want to pay him. No, 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 we don't want to pay him, but we do want him in Carolina. Now, the cap number for the non-exclusive tag is the same as the just normal franchise tag. It's twenty-seven. It's 22, excuse me, $22.7 million for a linebacker, and for a defensive end, it's 20 
$1.2 million. This will be an interesting debate, potentially, with the Carolina Panthers who change formations to a 3-4 base. Will they count Burns as a linebacker or as a defensive end? Prior to a Jarrell coming here, Burns would have been seen as defensive end, and that's $2.5 million less than what they would have to pay him. That would be not something that would go over well for Brian Burns if they're not able to come to terms and then they're trying to take $2.5 million out of his pocket by calling him a defensive end when on the team website it says outside linebacker. We'll just see. We'll see how it works out. As far as a non-exclusive tag, there's only been six players who've ever been Given that designation, Lamar Jackson was one of them. Steve Young from the 49ers in 93. Jim Harbaugh, the Colts in 96. Drew Brees with the Chargers in 05. Matt Castle with the Patriots in 09. And Kirk Cousins with the then Washington Redskins in 2016. What do all those guys have in common? They're all quarterbacks. This has always been a quarterback distinction. Because really, you're not going to let your quarterback leave. If you think that guy is good, you're probably not going to let that guy walk out the door. Now, all of those guys outside of, I believe, Young ended up finishing their careers elsewhere. So we'll see what happens with Lamar Jackson. I don't think that is going to be an option for the Carolina Panthers. I think they're just going to try and tag him. They're going to try and extend him. And if they can't, I think they're going to tag him. And maybe they'll listen to some offers to trade him if they feel like an offer is good enough. But they're not going to get two first-round picks. And I know that for you, you're thinking about this. Maybe other people out there are looking at this. This is the chance to make good for not trading away Brian Burns when they had the chance back in October 2022 at the trade deadline. I totally understand what you're feeling and where you're coming from. The answer is just no, man. I don't... I don't see the Panthers doing that. I don't see a team deciding, yeah, we're going to give them two first-round picks, and we're going to go out there and give them the contract right now. For the Rams, because you can say, well, the Rams are going to do it. Well, the Rams were going to still have their first-round pick in 23. And and the Rams also were going to have Burns playing on that cheap deal the rest of 22, and then they were going to get him on the fifth-year option, which he had already agreed to. The Panthers already exercised earlier back in May of 22. They were going to get him on that this past season. They had plenty of runway before they had to actually give Burns a big-time deal. Now a team is giving up their first-round pick in two months, like right away, and the next one, and a a ton of money. I just don't see it happening. I don't I don't think the Panthers are going to do that. I just don't think a team is going to actually come to terms. Like if Lamar Jackson, who just won the MVP again, and collusion clearly is what happened in this situation. If Lamar Jackson, because quarterback contracts and, and guarantees and all that, the owners, oh, the billionaires can't afford to play the pay the players. My God. That's the only reason people are even watching it for the players, not for you. Um, but whatever. If Lamar Jackson didn't get a team, and again, collusion, but still if we can try and suspend that reality for a second, if Lamar Jackson, who was placed on a non-exclusive franchise tag, already having won an MVP, didn't have a contract in place, why would somebody do this for Brian Burns? That's just just my question, especially for the folks out there being like, well, Burns, you know, you can't pay him that much money. Okay, well then, well, if you don't want to pay him, then why would somebody else pay him and give up two first-round picks? Just a question for you. Now, here's a question from Will. He says, 
Trade Brian Burns for DK Metcalf? Question mark. He is relatively young, already under contract, and will bring a dog, and that's a D A W G dog to our offense that can go deep and over the middle. We can then use our thirty third on a center, and our offense is much better. Daniel Jeremiah of NFL Network had um, some pre combine. Uh, teleconference with the media on Thursday and I saw what he had to say about Jackson Powers Johnson from Oregon and I damn near cried because I just I wanted Panay Sewell so bad y'all I wanted him so bad I like the big uglies I I'm kind of old school I just want to run the football and play defense I'm sick of the forward pass I'm sick of just everyone talking about how great quarterbacks are and how they're the only thing that matters and yes I devalue running backs but can we just get back to just some old school just hand the dirt football that I that's that's kind of why I loved Alabama back when Nick Saban was there before he brought in Lane Kiffin. Just the way that they just demoralize people. It's a game about demoralization, just pounding it down their throats. I love that. That's Carolina Panthers football. Panthers run the ball. They play great defense. Only good quarterback they ever had was Cam Newton. Yeah, Jake Delhomme had his moments, but still, I and that's gonna probably set somebody off. Go ahead, get get fired up on a, on a weekend if you want. Um, but yeah, I want I really wanted Panay Sewell, and we've seen how that's worked out in Detroit. And the Panthers are this close to not even having concerns about left tackle and these Icky Aquano should he be a guard discussions. They were so close, and I want a center. I wish the Panthers had a first round pick so they could trade back and then get more picks and then take a guy like Jackson's power Jackson Powers Johnson and take a receiver possibly in the first round. But alas, that is uh, not the reality here in 2024. Back to your question, though, as I'm holding back tears. Why would the Seahawks do that? (laughs) Why would the Seahawks give up DK Metcalf and take Brian Burns? They didn't really have a problem with pass rush this past year. They were fairly okay at it. Um, The Seahawks, in this scenario, would lose their top wide receiver. Tyler Lockett, rapidly balding, is 31 years old. They just drafted Jackson Smith and Jigba, who I like, and Noah Fant could be gone. Maybe here to Carolina, fingers crossed. That would mean they would lose two of their top four pass catchers, and the other guys remaining are a 31-year-old and a second-year player in Jackson Smith and Jigba, and neither one of those are physically imposing type of receivers. They would do that to then bring in an edge player who they're going to have to pay $25 million plus per year. I don't know if that's something that they would want to do. Let's look at it, too, from Seattle's standpoint as far as just the cap implications they would do this. Pre-June 1 trade, $23 million dead cap hit. And they only save $1.5 million. So that's a non-starter right there if you're Seattle. Uh, Post-June 1, you can find a way to maybe figure it out where you can take some of the money off. Um, But actually, Seattle's going to have to take on the $20 million or $22 million, whatever tag ends up being placed on Brian Burns, that's going to go in the salary cap. That's going to hinder things for them. Post-June 1 trade, this cap, the cap hit, the dead cap hit is split. So it's $11.5 million in 24 and in 25, and then they save $13 million. That may be something that would be more interesting to Seattle, just seeing how things go through free agency, post-draft to do that. I just don't see how it makes a lot of sense for the Seattle Seahawks. Also, looking at DK Metcalf's deal, it runs through 2025. The pressure to re-sign him is not until next offseason. After this coming season, there's an out in that deal. 
for the Seattle Seahawks. So they could get out of it next year. Or they could be like, okay, let's just trade them away. We don't think we're going to be able to extend DK Metcalf. They then would have next year's draft to try and find a solution. They could see another year of Jackson Smith and Jigba and what that looks like and whether Gino's going to continue to be their guy. That gives them a chance to kind of think about it and plan it out over the next couple next year. And if you bring in Brian Burns instead, uh, well, you're likely going to have to keep him for through 26, 27 before there's going to be an out in this contract. So you're extending it by another year, another year, two or three. If they decide to make that trade and then get Brian Burns, what he wants. I don't think that makes a lot of sense for the Seattle Seahawks. I had someone earlier talk about the only thing that matters is offense. Now, he didn't say that. I'm sorry, Mr. Nopington. What are you saying is offense wins championships? Now, Seattle, they got a defensive coach, Mike McDonald. They just had a defensive coach in Pete Carroll, who won a championship, by the way, um, with that defense. I don't think it makes sense for Seattle. And that's always something that I ask y'all. When people ask me, hey, should they go after this person or that person or do that and that? Does it make sense for the other party? Ask yourself that before asking me, even though, good question there, Will, because it, it was an interesting conversation. The Seattle ties, Dan Morgan, haven't been in Seattle all that time. Of course, Dave Canales and all the other guys that have come from Seattle to Carolina. I, I see where your thought, your mind is. And yeah, DeKalen Metcalf, sign me up. I just don't see it happening. All right. Let's take one more pause and come back here and answer the rest of your weekly Friday mailbag questions right here on Locked on Panthers. This next segment is brought to us by our sponsor, BetterHelp. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest, big or small. Certain things can really start to get to you. It's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased on your life. So today, I want to say how I really feel about something. You might even be thinking about the same thing this week and... No real complaints. Just been a long week. Thank God it's Friday and let's enjoy a weekend. That's a complaint. The weekend's never long enough. Therapy can be different for everyone. Most of us have bigger problems than our favorite sports team, and it's important to get things off your chest every once in a while. If you're thinking of starting therapy, get BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Locked on. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A few more questions here on this weekly Friday mailbag edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Either at me or DM me. Follow me on Twitter at Julian Council. It's right there on the screen for the YouTube people and the folks out there is listening. You know, figure it out. Find me, at me, DM me, do whatever. Just get the questions in for next week's show. Aubrey, my uh, dear old friend from Elon, what's going on, man? He says, what's the likelihood the Panthers can land Mike Evans, Brandon Ayuk, or both? Oh, boy. Uh, then draft a lineman to develop or compete for a starting job. First things first, let's start off with Brandon Ayuk. He is not a free agent for the folks out there wondering, but 
He is set to play on the fifth-year option in 2024. And you recall, the Panthers have been in these situations where, oh, okay, there's a guy about the play on the fifth-year option, wants to get some money, are they going to pay him or not? And, well, Brian Burns, they decided, nah, screw that, let's not pay him, let's sit here and still debate this right before we get to the new league year and maybe handcuff our salary cap situation once that starts. But I digress. Brandon Ayuk is playing on the fifth-year option in 2024. He is a possible trade candidate. Dan Graziano of ESPN.com actually broke this down pretty well and in a recent article we have seen in recent years receivers be in the same position as Ayuk whether that was a guy who was not drafted in the first round like an AJ Brown or guys that were drafted in the first round like Devontae Adams and not get the kind of money that they want especially for their first time to get a big time monster deal looking at spot track they value Brandon Ayuk at four years 91 million dollars that's just under 23 million per year it says 22.9 million dollars looking at some of the other guys before who were in similar situations uh, having success on a solid football team wanting to get paid not trying to wait around and play this franchise tag game the following season and all that jazz Devontae Adams is now a Raider Packers didn't figure it out also like what was going to be a feature of Aaron Rodgers and all that. Tyreek Hill, he went to Miami. The Chiefs have not missed him at all. They did at brief points time this year when uh, MVS is dropping balls and they couldn't get dudes open. Kadarius Tony's doing Kadarius Tony things. They were missing him. Two Super Bowl rings. I think they're all right. Uh, A.J. Brown, the Titans missed him so much after A.J. Brown went off on them. The owner fired the general manager. And then this past year, Mike Rabel just got fired. So, and Mike Rabel is pissed that he didn't have A.J. Brown. We've seen Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, and A.J. Brown all want to get paid, not get paid, get traded. That could happen in San Francisco with Brandon Ike. You should not be surprised if it happens based off of it being a regular occurrence in the wide receiver market over the last couple of seasons. Now, you have also some other guys who are right there at their point in time to get extended, who are right around the same age as Ayuk. You got Justin Jefferson, who should get the paid the highest of these guys. See, they Lamb, who had a great year, Michael Pittman Jr., and T. Higgins. And really, if you're going to look at it, it should be Jefferson getting paid the most, then CD, then Ayuk, then T. I mean, probably Michael Pittman because he's the number one there in. Um, Indianapolis, then probably T. Higgins, who, come here, come here, T. Um, so those are guys who are waiting extensions. And it's a waiting game when it comes to those extensions. Like, that's the thing with Brian Burns. When I was making the argument back in August and in September about Panthers need to pay this man, and I was pointing out what Crosby got, what Chubb got, give Burns a million, two million more of what that was. That's maybe what the Panthers wanted to do. That's their, all the reporting was the Panthers wanted to give him a similar contract to Max Crosby. Sure, but you got to give him another million dollars in average annual value. You're going to have to give him a couple more million in full guarantees. Both Chubb and Crosby are making $53 million guaranteed. And they're making about $22 million, 22 for Crosby annual and then 24 for Chubb annual. So you're going to have to make that like 26, 27 annual for Burns and then make sure whatever the guarantees is higher, get it to 60 million than what those guys had. That's just how the market works. When Kirk Cousins was getting paid a ton of money, it was Kirk Cousins the best quarterback in the NFL. When all these when all these guys get paid, like Jared Goff, are they the, should they be the highest paid quarterback in the league? No, that's just how the market works with all this stuff. So for Brandon Ayuk, I'm probably waiting. I want to see what Justin Jefferson gets. I want to see what CD gets. And I want to say, hey, all right, what's up? You going to do it or what, John Lynch and whoever the other guy is there? Are you going to pay me or no? 
Like, that's what I want to do. And that's the kind of thing about Brian Burns, too, with the Bosa deal. Is he going to get Nick Bosa money? No, but I'm sitting here if I'm Brian Burns being like, all right, let's wait. Let's hold on. Let's wait. What's Nick Bosa getting? Okay, that's a lot of money. I'm not that, but you're going to pay me TJ Watt money? Just looking at the timing of things, that's how the market works. It's going to be a very interesting thing to monitor. I was monitoring T. Higgins last year. That hasn't really been a real issue. It's been fairly, it's been amicable. You don't really much about it at all. Brandon Ayuk, maybe that gets to be a toxic situation and Carolina Panthers swoop in there and get him. So that, that is a possibility. It is a possibility. As far as Mike Evans is, that is a greater a possibility because he is a free agent. He is not going to get tagged there in Tampa Bay. They're likely going to tag Antoine Winfield Jr. I'm not going to bet my house on it. I don't own a house, but if I did, I would not bet my mortgage on it. But I would think Mike Evans is going to be available as a free agent. He's going to be a top-tier receiver the Panthers could get. He loves Dave Canales. He said it on video. He even tweeted out before it got deleted how much he thought that was a great hire for the Carolina Panthers. We all know the affection he has for Dave Canales, and we all know Panther fans' affection to have Mike Evans on their team and forget about him wearing that pewter for all those years down in Tampa Bay. His value is four years, $95 million, $23 million average salary. I don't think anybody's giving him a four-year, $95 $95 million contract. Maybe they do, but it's really going to be two years, $45 million, and they can get out of it after that. The rest of that's just going to be a bunch of fluff. I just, he's over 30. He's about, he's 30, about to be over 30. That's just not going to be the kind of contract he gets. Even if he has had 10 straight thousand yard receiving seasons, he's going to have a bust in Canton. I don't think anyone's going to give him that. Maybe someone does. I do think the Panthers can get Mike Evans. I don't know if Mike Evans wants to do this. I went to the barbershop on Thursday. Barbara Angelo has asked me, oh, you think Panthers can get Mike Evans? And it's one of those things when someone asked me earlier about, hey, should the Panthers trade Brian Burst with DK Metcalf? And I asked, why would Seattle do that? And I'm asking you, like, why would Mike Evans do that? He has a Super Bowl ring. He, ha- he has his bread. So, sure, does it matter if he wins? No. But also, come on. You've been in the playoffs four straight years. You're at a winning organization. That's crazy to say that about Tampa Bay. Wouldn't you want to go somewhere and actually be able to win? Like, it's a guarantee. Like, Kansas City, they could use you. The Jets are probably going to be thirsty. The Jets are the Jets, so I'd rather go to Carolina than go up to New York and have to deal with that media nonsense and then continue to stink. I, I, I Why would he do it? Because of Dave Canales. I, I do think it's a possibility. I don't know if this is going to be his top choice. I still think Tampa Bay is going to be a place that he would want to come back to. I, I'm someone who is a sucker for guys playing somewhere their whole career, but I understand the business is the business, and at some point in time, you got to do what's best for you and teams. Also, when given the opportunity, we'll cut bait as soon as they can. Whenever it's feasible, fiscally responsible to do that, they'll do it and not even give a damn, which is why I tell these players, get as much as you can while you can because the owners don't care about you, and be damn straight, these fans don't care about you, especially when it's like, oh, you should take less money, when they would never do that in their actual lives. So I hope he gets paid. A lot of money wherever he goes. If it's Carolina, that would be great. And I do think that as far as the receiving scenarios that we've talked about, whether it's been Calvin Ridley, it's been T. Higgins, Michael Pittman Jr., we're talking Brandon Ayuk now, the guy that has made the most sense and I feel like is the most likely to happen for the Carolina Panthers is Mike Evans. Now, will they get any of those guys? To be determined. But Mike Evans, absolutely. They should go after him. And absolutely, that's something that could happen. Now, will they get Brandon Ayuk and Mike Evans? (laughs) That would be a dream. Uh, I don't know if that would be the reality, though. And it would be nice to be able to then draft linemen to develop 
or to start. We'll see. Final question comes from Ben. If the Panthers don't tag Brian Burns and Brant Tillis can use his magic and pay the man before the deadline, which pending free agent would you like to see the tag placed on? The Carolina Panthers have 21 pending free agents, I believe, as I pull up my notes. Yeah, 21. Um, let me go through all the guys that I would not give the franchise tag to. David Sharp, Gabe Jackson, Justin McCray, DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault, Deshaun Williams, Henry Anderson, Chris Wormley, Marquise Haynes, Etor Grosmatos, Frankie Luvu, Kamu Griehill, Deion Jones, Tay Davis, CJ Henderson, Troy Hill, Shaquille Griffin, Jeremy Chin, Sam Franklin, JJ Jansen. That's all 20 guys not named Brian Burns. So the answer is no one. No one. Frankie Luvu, it would be $22 million to franchise tag him. Frankie Luvu is not Fred Warner. Frankie Luvu is not Luke Keekley. Frankie Luvu is not insert great linebacker. He ain't that. He's a fantastic player who has played his ass off. I hope he gets paid. It is not going to be $22 million a single year. Now, $22 million over the next two years, thumbs up. But in one year, hell no. So the answer is no. No, there's not a single player that I would like to see them place a tag on other than Brian Burns. There's not a single player on the roster who's a unrestricted free agent who is worthy of that sum. That's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all subscribe or follow the show for free or on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where, again, next Friday, March 1st, I'll be back here answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions. So either at me or DM me, but follow me first. And you don't have to follow me in order for me to answer your question, but it would make me feel good. <laughs> either way, just, just send me questions in on Twitter at my handle. You know it by now. But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding. And I'll talk to y'all on Monday. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.